Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2078. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in New York City with a very special guest by the name of Nathan Hecht. Nathan, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. We'll have some fun today. Very fascinated with what you're doing. But before we talk about this business of yours, what's one little thing that people may not know about you, Nathan? Oh, that's a good question. I leave every second button on my shirt opened. <laughs> as bizarre as that sounds. Now you've got my attention. <laughs> now, I, okay, I'm trying to visualize or think why. So you got to tell us what's with the uh, the optional button. <laughs> so I, I I can't say why. Okay. Um, there's like one person in my life that knows the reason why. Oh wow. Okay. See, big I've secret. Been, it's a big secret. Okay. And I've been doing this actually since I am 15 years old. Oh um, my gosh. I anytime anytime I wear a dress shirt, I skip one button when I button my shirt. <laughs> now is this a conversation starter? <laughs> you know, it's not that wasn't the original intention, yeah. but people sort of remember me by it. Of course. So when I meet somebody, they'll be like, "Hey, hey, you're the guy who doesn't button his shirt." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yep, that's me." You know, what I, now I have to ask this next question and those people who ever went to Montessori school will understand it. Did you go to Montessori school? I did not. You didn't. But I okay. Did go well, I thought I uncovered the mystery there, but maybe not. Okay. Huh. But I did go to private school, though. Okay. Well, maybe maybe that's kind of the same. Yeah. Interesting. Well, those folks out there that uh, have went to Montessori school or their kids go, they'll understand the reason for that question. But we'll just leave that all there. The big mystery of Nathan. I like going into things with a little bit of mystery. So <laughs> that's that's a unique one. Haven't heard that one yet. I've heard a lot of interesting answers to that question, but that's a good one. All right. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. Nathan Heck is the founder and CEO of Roto. That's R-O-D-O. Roto is an online platform that enables car shoppers to buy, sell, or lease from authorized dealerships from the comfort of their own home. Nathan has a long history of startups, including companies Districts and Currency. Online car shopping grew significantly during COVID lockdowns. That kind of makes sense. And that trend continues, placing Roto right in the middle at the right time. And Nathan will share the future of online marketplaces and why dealers must expand to this online channel or probably die. Yeah, we'll be back in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. So give them a little love and we'll be right back. Covercraft's newest five-layer indoor cover is especially engineered for indoor use, providing maximum dust protection when your vehicle's stored in the garage. Your five-layer indoor cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form, and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Even if your vehicle is always inside, dust and fallout can damage the paint, and an extra layer of soft, Breathable material protects from accidental bumps and rubs. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover, custom fit to fit the car like a glove. 
And I have a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Simply use the code YEAH, Y-E-A-H-21, at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Zengen, it's an oil analysis kit that allows you to sample your engine's oil and learn about its inner health with your personalized and detailed Zengen report. At only $39.95 and free shipping both ways, your Zengen oil analysis costs less than an oil change. It's really simple. Their easy-to-use sample kit takes less than five minutes to collect your sample and mail it back to their world-class labs. It's only five days, and they'll send you your own Zengen score via email. Your report measures 30 different data points, including contamination, metals, lubricants, additives, and a whole lot more. Whether you're buying or selling a vehicle, nearing the end of your warranty, heading out on a road trip, or caring for your vintage collector car, Zengen helps prevent costly repairs, allowing you to get the most value out of your vehicle. And Father's Day is coming. I know dad doesn't want another tie or a pair of socks. This year, give dad his very own Zengen oil test kit and you'll make him smile. I did, and I'm so relieved to learn that my vehicles are doing just fine. Go to ZengenScore.com and use the code CARSYEAH20 and you'll get 20% off. Boom, what a deal. Preventative knowledge and maintenance could save you thousands and you'll rest better at night knowing your engine's condition is just right. That's ZengineScore.com and use the code CARSYEAH20 today. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company. And I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework. I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider, according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. So, Nathan, we are back. So I want to talk more about this. We saw this trend of buying cars online happening and spooling up in the last, I'd say, eight to 10 years. But all of a sudden, COVID changed many, many games and changed the way consumers shop in a really big way. And my listeners have heard me say this. My next door neighbor is he's a more mature guy like me. I won't call either of us old. But the last few cars he's bought, it's all been online. He tried going to local dealers and wasn't happy with the experience and went online. And a week later, his new cars rolled up the street. So this is pretty cool. So let's talk first about your 
entrepreneurship, because I want to know a little bit more about you and this trend you have of starting businesses. Where did this all come from? And then kind of merge that into Roto, where that came from. Uh, Sure. And again, thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So my entrepreneurial career started about 22 or 23 years ago. I'm born and raised in New York City. And I got married in the late 90s and actually moved with my wife to Israel. Oh, wow. When the Israeli tech scene was just getting started. Mm-hmm. And at, at that time, it was referred to the dot-com boom, later referred to the dot-com bust. So there were some really interesting things going on there at the time. And when we moved from Israel back to the U.S., after spending a couple of years there, having our first child there, uh, I started my first company in uh, semiconductors, actually, which sort of directly or indirectly relates to the auto market today, believe it or not, with the quote-unquote chip shortage. And we were doing some really interesting things. We were taking commercial components and manipulating them, if you will, for extreme environments like aerospace, military, uh, and stuff like that. And that was just a really interesting business. It was a software-hardware hybrid. We had an, an international presence, and we had some you know, major uh, companies as our as our customers and vendors, et cetera. And we built up that company from the beginning of 2001 until the financial crisis in 2008. And during the financial crisis, we were actually looking to expand the company um, into a variety of different things. And uh, it was difficult to raise additional capital because of the financial crisis. So at that point, I decided that it was the right time for me, or maybe not the right time, but it was the time for me to divest my ownership in the business, which is what I did. And it was the very, very early days of Bitcoin at Uh, the time. It was sort of just starting. I had that entrepreneurial bug that remained with me and was reading, had just read the early uh, white paper by Satoshi and found myself in what was then called virtual currencies. You know, crypto was just a a very small community of people. Mm-hmm. So I had I got together with some friends and put some money into this company called Currency, K-U-R-R-E-N-C-I. And we built a virtual currency for the internet. It was a really interesting idea. It was a store of value um, that also appreciated based on different mechanics. Fast forward, long story short, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies were sort of getting all the attention at the time. And that business just didn't work. I moved past that into security or cybersecurity for file sharing. We took some of our experience in cryptography and applied it to file sharing where you can send something from one person to the next or later it was from one company to the next that you can control after the receiver gets it. You can make it sort of inaccessible, you know, to a viewer, inaccessible to servers, etc. That was called Destructs, as you mentioned. That was really interesting. And while I was working on that company, I was actually in the market for a car. Ah, For the first time in my life, I walked into a car dealership in New York. Yeah, you New York folks don't really have many cars, do you? Even though the city's full of cars. (laughs) Exactly. And the one or two cars that I did have, I was actually getting through a broker. Okay. I had never really went into a car dealer wow. to experience that experience as a consumer. And in this instance, I did. And it was, let's just say, less than pleasant. No kidding. Yeah. Sadly, <laughs> sadly most of them are. Yeah. Yeah. So I went in the door and I was like, you know, here's the ad. 
actually the, the Nissan, the new Nissan Maxima had just come out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, I'd like this car in black. This is what I'd like to pay based on the ad. And the guy was like, yeah, you know, come on, come sit down. And okay, here we go. I know I'm filling out a credit application. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, well, what's going on here? I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Like, why can't I just get the car assigned, et cetera? I spent the whole day at the dealership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They love to wear you down, don't they? <laughs> Indeed. And I, I left the dealership without actually going home with the car. Yeah. That night, I was like, and in the store, actually, I was like browsing the internet, lease a car online, buy a car online. You know, as a, as a tech entrepreneur, I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. Sure. Turns out there wasn't a better way to do it. And I quickly found out that most American consumers go into the car dealership and ultimately spend, you know, hours, days, in many cases, many car dealerships test driving and negotiating and doing the rigmarole that you do at a car dealership. And I said, there's got to be a better way to do this. Literally, within a few days, I told my team that was working with me at Destructs, we are going to build an app for consumers to lease or buy a car online. Cool. And that's how Roto was working. Yeah, I love this story coming out of necessity. And you're right. The first time my wife and I, or after we got married, we bought our first new car together. And that should be fun. And it was miserable. (laughs) I was so angry. I said, we're leaving. And, you know, the guy's chasing out the door and my wife's going, but I wanted that car. And like, I'm not doing this. This is supposed to be a fun day. And yeah, so I I think out of, you know, your site and many have come out of this, this necessity. And and now consumers are so much smarter. They can walk into a dealership and, and know more than the salesperson if they've done their homework. And then if the salesperson doesn't do their job right, it makes it even more ridiculous. So let's kind of walk through Roto. Tell our listeners, and by the way, I wanted to back up just real quickly because I had a, a great, really exciting, fun talk with a guest named Doran Meyersdorf, who's from Israel, on my show last year, I believe it was. It might have been earlier this year. And he is the CEO of a company called StoreDot. They're designing battery technology. And he, he told me some yep. things that I didn't know about Israel and the tech world of just how mighty and strong and incredible Israel is in tech development. It's It kind of blew me away. I started doing some research and I went, how come I didn't know this? It's it's absolutely fascinating. It is a, a country of, uh, I believe, like 15 or 16 million people. Mm-hmm. The tech scene is the largest industry in the country. Um, they participate in everything from the most sophisticated um, hardware and components. People don't know one of the largest Intel chip plants is in Israel. Some of the most advanced technologies uh, that relate to hardware come out of the country. They are one of the world's leaders in defense technologies, one of the world's leaders in consumer-facing technologies, hardware, software, cybersecurity, um, agricultural technologies. Um, there's so much going on there. It's super interesting place really interesting people. And I, you know, they're like the backbone of some of the things that we use on a daily basis. And most people don't even know it. I was really impressed. And um, Doran was an incredible guest. If you listeners didn't hear my talk with uh, Doran, D-O-R-O-N, the only Doran on the show, uh, go back and listen to it because it really got me excited about battery technology and so forth. But back to Roto. So let's talk about the process here. Primarily when, when you share what Roto is, Explain that to the listeners. Sure. If I were in the elevator and you give me your 60-second pitch, what's Roto? (laughs) Roto is a place you can buy or lease a car online without ever going into the dealership. And that's the key. And are these these all new vehicles? 
So when we started, and up until about four months ago, it was new vehicles only. We recently added the ability to do that for used vehicles as well. And I'll, I'll walk you through really quickly sort of what differentiates us and, and why this is so cool. Perfect. When you think about the vehicle transaction online prior to Roto, you essentially went to listing sites, cars.com as an example, TrueCar as another example, and you got a lot of valuable information about vehicles from your local car dealer. The problem is, is that then you became a lead and you ultimately needed to go into the dealership with whatever information you gathered online to complete your transaction. <laughs> right back to the misery. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you just went through another miserable step to get into your second miserable step. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so we addressed two critical factors. And I, I think I can say that we were the first company to bring the transaction online. And what that means is two things. Number one, when you come to Roto, you're looking for a transactable price, mm -hmm. number one. So let's say you're looking for a Toyota Camry. You punch in Toyota Camry. We'll show you Toyota Camrys from dealerships around you, and we'll give you the actual monthly payments, the actual due at signing specific to you with all the rebates and incentives already applied, with taxes already applied, with any discounts already applied. So you're seeing a price like you would see a price for an airline ticket yeah. or for a pair of sneakers online. Etc. And that's that was the big value prop and differentiator that Roto brought to the market that didn't exist prior. The second thing is the ability to actually transact. So you like that Toyota Camry. Let's say you're leasing. You want 12,000 miles a year for 36 months. You then click place order. Once you place that order, the app or our website will prompt you to upload your driver's license, fill out a credit application. And at that point, that order goes to the specific dealer that that specific vehicle is coming from. You're not being sold to multiple dealers as a lead. And then they're calling you and emailing you and texting you, come into my store, come into my store. I can get you a great deal, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to one dealer. The dealer gets your information. It runs through their system, the credit application, et cetera. The dealer approves everything. You upload your insurance and the vehicle gets delivered to your home the next day. Whoa. So you can do an end-to-end -end transaction in literally a few minutes without ever talking to the dealer, without ever seeing a dealer, and have the car delivered to your home. That's Roto. Wow. That makes it simple and easy. And as I said, consumers today, we can go online and do all the research we need without listening to the, the guy with the plastic tie, as I like to say, uh, try to sell us something that's on the lot that he has to move that we really don't want. That's pretty cool. Uh, I think it makes it very simple, very easy. Now, does it have to, does the vehicle have to come from a dealership in your area or can it come from anywhere? Let's say, let's say you're a picky guy like me. I want very specific car with very specific things on it. And they may not be available in my, my zip code. Might be available in Ohio instead of state of Washington. Does it reach out across the country? So, so that's, a, that's a great question. So prior to the chip shortage and prior to this uh, you know, supply chain disruptions, we were much more localized where, you know, the dealerships around you is the inventory that you saw. Today, as there's limited inventory in every community in America, we've now opened it up. So we give dealers the ability to decide where their vehicles can be shown. So you have dealers that are only showing vehicles, you know, in a hundred mile radius, and then you have dealers who will ship a car across the country. We also then give the ability to consumers 
to go into their account and change their settings and say, hey, I want to see cars that are outside of my community, outside of my area. And then you will just simply change your zip code. To your point, if you're in Arizona and you want to see cars in Ohio, you'll be able to do that and you will be able to transact. So it gives you a much broader view. Number one, for that's pertinent for inventory today because local dealers have really constrained inventories. And the other thing that's that's really interesting is, you know, pricing varies in different parts of the country. There are parts of the country where vehicles are typically more expensive. There are prices there are parts of the country where vehicles may trade for a little bit lower. This now makes it an even playing field. Mm, yeah, much better. Now, how as a consumer can I be somewhat assured the price I'm getting is the the best price because this opens the door to the other misery of buying a car. And I, some car dealerships are changing. I had a, the owner of a dealer down in San Diego on my show recently, and she said, we don't put a price and then you come in and negotiate. The price on the window is what you pay. We do it based on what we paid for that car, the lowest we can sell it for, blah, blah, blah. Um, how does a Roto customer know that they're paying What's fair? Well, it's got to be fair for the dealer too, obviously. But consumers only care about themselves, really. So let's just say right. fair for the consumer. Sure. So I, I think the first thing to focus on is our technology finds every single available discount that applies to you. I see. And and we sh- we should pause on this for a minute because most consumers who typical consumers who walk into a car dealership don't know that if they're a first responder. Honda may give them an extra $500 discount. They don't know that that one dealership rooftop may have a specific rebate that the dealership literally six miles down the road doesn't have, or that there are specific VINs in some cases. Chevy, for example, you know, red tag sales where you may have five Chevy Tahoes on the lot, one of them, for whatever reason, has an extra thousand dollar discount on it. We know all of that. Ah, another cool. thing to another thing to think about: you go into a car dealership, there are multiple lenders that apply to you, right? There right. may be the captive lender, which is the finance arm of the manufacturer. Then there may be a third party lender, like U.S. Bank or Chase. Then there may be a credit union. Each one of these lenders has a different interest rate. Right, and maybe the dealer goes with the lender that's best for them, and not necessarily best for you. Roto's algorithm will automatically look for the everything that is best for the consumer, while still keeping the dealer in mind to make sure that the dealer is making the money that they need to and want to make. So that's category number one. The second thing is we believe that marketplaces inherently produce, you know, price efficiency or price discovery, if you will. When you have dealerships that are competing for your business, you're most likely going to get the best price. So if you put those two things together, I think consumers can have confidence that they're getting an excellent deal on Roto together with the convenience of being able to do the transaction online and home deliver. Well, and that's one of those things that I don't care where you buy your car. It seems like in the past and you negotiate the best you can, or if you have a good trusted salesperson that you've known for a long time, every time you walk out, you kind of feel like, did I really get the best deal? I'm not really very sure about that. And we buy cars so infrequently, typically every two to five years that maybe it's longer now because you can't find cars, but you always kind of walk out just wondering, did I really get the best deal that I could get? And it sounds like what you've built into this algorithm and into your 
program is doing just that for the consumer. And of course, the dealer has to make a certain amount. I mean, there's a bottom line price they can't let a car uh, go for because they've got overhead. They've got to make a living too. So very fascinating. Uh, It sounds like you've covered every base that you can cover. We've covered a lot. You know, we've been doing this for four years, four years plus. Um, We have an amazing team of people and some amazing partners. And the net result is, I think we have a fantastic product that people just love to use. Sounds like it. We'll take a short break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit about challenges. One of my favorite questions here on Cars Yes. So keep the seatbelts tight. We'll be right back. You listeners know I've been into car care my entire life. I am so excited to team up with AutoGeek in 2022. AutoGeek.net has been a leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started in 1997 as a mail order catalog company has grown into a multi-website based e-commerce store that they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries and its retail sector ships worldwide. Go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and their stellar technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. Being a professional automotive technician today requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah is pleased to support TechForce Foundation. It's one of our charities of choice and its efforts to help young people pursue the technical education and careers as automotive techs. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experience with cars, trucks, boats, and more, TechForce and Cars yeah are working to connect young people with viable careers in the automotive sector. Join us by visiting techforce.org today. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So let's talk about this, Nathan. I asked all my guests this question. Big challenge, big failure, some big obstacle you face. This could be in your life, in your business, could be with Roto. Doesn't really matter. It's more important, though. What was that challenge? And then how did you overcome it? And what did it teach you? I think that for me, the challenge was balancing work life during the the first few years of building this business. No kidding. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to have an amazing wife who is just unbelievably supportive through this process and the ability to, to do that. 
So many entrepreneurs are young and single and, you know, it's easy for them to just dive into their work 20 hours a day, you know, six, seven days a week. But when you're, ma- you're married with children, you have to find a way to balance those two. So for me, that was a challenge in the very early days. On the one hand, and it remains a challenge to some extent. On the one hand, you're completely committed to building something special. It needs, you know, your absolute commitment and attention every moment of every day. On the other hand, you have like life going on. So that was challenging. um, But, you know, we were able to push through and I think it worked out well and we did a good job at it. Yeah, sounds great. Having that partner is so, that supportive partner and understanding partner. I've got one of those as well. We've been married 38 years and uh, all the years of building the company I was with before, boy, I was gone a lot. In fact, she sacrificed her career quit uh, a career in engineering to stay home and raise the kids and uh, help support that. So uh, yeah, I'm eternally grateful for that. When you think about bucket list items for Roto and looking into the future, this is a young company, four years old. What do you see down the road? Look, I think we are in the middle of a, of a automotive renaissance. What's going on in mobility, in transportation, in automotive is fascinating. You have flying cars being built. Yeah. We have the evolution of the combustion engine into the battery. We have, you know, also, also, you know, we have the Uber Lyft phenomenon of having a car available to you pretty much anywhere in the world at the click of a button, um, to take you where you need to go. We have scooters on city streets. I mean, there's so much going on, um, in this space. I think that the, the area that needs a ton of attention right now is around the transaction itself. How do I get out of the vehicle that I'm in easily? How do I procure my new vehicle? How do I service it? Et cetera, et cetera. The old way is antiquated. You know, the idea of going into a store and negotiating with a salesperson, you know, the opaqueness of that process is somewhat frustrating for many of us. And I think that that element of the business needs to evolve. And that's what we aim to do. We see the EV manufacturers, you know, Tesla and Rivian and others that are eliminating, you know, the dealership and they're going, and they're going consumer direct. So I think um, for us, it is about moving the industry in this direction. It's really important to highlight at the same time that the franchise dealership in America and really globally does bring tremendous value at the same time to this transaction. First of all, you know, they are employing local families. They are supporters of their local communities. The service element of the car dealership is critical. Um, you know, the, the, the ability to touch and feel a car is very important for many consumers. You know, does my car seat fit? Will the stroller fit in the back of the SUV? You know, how does it ride on the highway? I spend, eight, I spend you know, I drive 80 miles a day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a ton of value there, but it still needs a lot of refinement and we need to bridge, you know, the internet to the store in a way that just makes this a delightful experience. You know, you, you put a lot of great things in that package, some real golden nuggets you dropped because I remember when Tesla came out and the idea of, I think one of the first things they had were little pop-up stores in malls and which was cool. You know, I mean, I can't remember the last time I went to a mall. There's another dying industry. But uh, when you walked in and then I thought, well, how do I go for a test drive? And what about when the car needs service? Where do I go? You've got no deal. I mean, all these things you start to go as a consumer that you need and yeah, dealerships, they really need to, and they are doing it. They're reinventing themselves. 
uh, to accommodate this new buyer. And COVID, ex- I think COVID accelerated this whole concept. Totally. I have friends who are, uh, let's say, more mature, because I'm not going to call them old, nor myself, that are used <laughs> to buying things a certain way. And all of a sudden, they were forced to buy things online. And once they got over that hump of the fear, now, I mean, I'm a victim of this myself. I needed a, I needed a certain type of bolt and a fastener. Just one. Yeah. And instead of going to the hardware store, I ordered it and it came the next day and I went, wow, I just saved myself an hour of a drive and time is our most valuable asset. So it's a new world. It's pretty darn cool. Well, let's talk a little bit more about you and cars and your passion for cars. I'd love for you to share a story about a special vehicle in your life. Uh, first, I'll tell you how when I started driving, I was in school in Montreal, Canada mm-hmm. for a year. And being a New Yorker, it was just over the border from New York. And I, I'll never forget, it was a Friday morning in the middle of a snowstorm. I had an opportunity to get my driver's license. Yes. And I literally begged a friend of mine who was older and had a vehicle at the school that I was at. And I'm like, can you drive me over the border from Montreal <laughs> to Plattsburgh, to Plattsburgh, New York, which was like one mile over the border into New York State. And it had a DMV. Okay. And like... On my birthday, ran in there, got my driver's license. I've been driving from a very young age, always loved to be behind the wheel. I think my favorite car is the Shelby. There's there's something about that car that just really speaks to me. And I I never actually owned one, but at some point in my life, I'd like to. Uh And, you know, it's just there's, there's something about that car that I think is awesome. So are we talking about the Shelby Mustang or the Shelby Cobra? Shelby, well, I was going to say the Shelby Cobra is the is preferred. <laughs> sure, but I'll go with either one. Either one, yeah. yeah I had a '66 uh, Shelby GT350 that Ooh. a friend of mine had built. It was not a real one. It was a uh, some call him a clone or some call him fakey dudes or whatever. His father. Uh, it's a longer story I won't go into, but anyway, he, he and his father built this car. His father passed away and it sat in his garage for a long time. And this car was such an incredible build that when I bought it, I took it up to a all-British field meet, but there was a Mustang show happening on the campus of this college, and I ended up in their parking lot. And they said, oh, come park here. And I parked the car, went over to the British show, came back, and there was a trophy next to my car with a note saying, where the heck were you all day? You won. And and I thought, I thought, uh-oh, uh, I wonder if they thought this was a real GT350, and turns out oh, they wow. did. So I contacted the guy. There was only a few people left. I got his name, and I said, I'd like to give the trophy to the guy who got second because I didn't mean to dupe you guys. I didn't want to compete. I just didn't need a place to park, and I figured nobody would wow. ding my doors. But I'll tell you something. That car was so much fun. I drove it as a daily driver for about three years, and then a real estate agent came in one day, saw it in the lot, and paid me way more money than I paid for it, so I let it go. Uh, My wife thought I was going through a midlife crisis because she was like, what are you buying this thing for? Um, It was noisy. It smelled funny. It was fast. It was scary, but I understand. Yeah, something about that Shelby. There's there's just something about it. There is. It's pretty darn cool. I'll I'll shoot you an email with a picture to that. So I'm going to crawl in your head and be a bit of a car psychologist. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. Isn't what you want to have. So I'm hoping you don't answer this. I'm I'm a Shelby. This is how you perceive the man in the mirror, deep down inside. So, you know, box of tissues, you know, counseling. What kind of vehicle would you be? But more importantly, Nathan, why? Um, So box of tissues, I would say (laughs) I'd probably be a Tesla Model 3. Oh, okay. The The main reason and the reason that comes to mind is because of 
technologically technological advancement. Right. Um, I'm always sort of looking, you know, to to move forward. Always looking for the next tech advancement. Always looking for an efficiency, um, a better way of doing things, a smarter way of doing things, etc. So, I reluctantly would say a Tesla Model Three because it is probably the most sophisticated car on the road. It's pretty incredible what Tesla's done. Um, Elon Musk is like one of those people that seem like maybe it's why he wants to go to Mars. He's from Mars. He's out of this planet, <laughs> you know. He's, and I say that with all passion and and care for the guy because i just think he's incredible and, and his vision and what he's done you know he's another uh jobs or any of these uh teslas or the tesla the man uh it's pretty pretty incredible what he's done but i see that with you and uh you know it's it's just amazing where we're going I, I, you said it well we're in a bit of an automotive renaissance right now i've never seen uh, maybe going back to the 50s, the hot rod era where guys are coming back from the war and building some really innovative stuff and crazy things. But uh, boy, this the future is quite interesting and it's coming down fast. I mean, just rocket science fast. So uh, yeah, uh, it'd be interesting. If you could, if I could give you any electric car right now, any V on the planet that exists, which one could I give you? Uh, probably the Rivian, um, R, you know, RT1, the that Rivian, Rivian yeah. pickup truck. Yeah, the first model. I, ju- I just want to get into it, and I want the experience of a pickup truck that goes zero to sixty in like two point eight <laughs> seconds or something like that. I think Buckle that's up. unbelievable. Yeah, buckle up, buckle exactly. up. Wow. How about a great book that you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, a great book. I read a lot, uh, so that's a, that's an interesting question. I'm going to throw something at you that's completely out of left field. Cool. One of the best books I ever read was called The Idiot by Fyodor Dostoevsky, the Russian writer. Okay. Um, most of your listeners probably <laughs> have no idea what I just said, but um, they, should, they should actually Google or Amazon or otherwise get their hands on this book. It's a fascinating book. Dostoevsky was one of the great Russian writers, you know, you know, Leo Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, and others. And The Idiot is specifically a book around a, a, an individual's experience, but every chapter has uh, profound lessons in life that I think, um, uh, you know, apply to us, you know, regardless of who we are, where we're from, when we're, when we're living, etc. So that's, that's a book that I would highly recommend. Well, the... My understanding of that book is the uh, the title is, is a bit of an ironic reference to the center character in that that story. So uh, wasn't he like Prince, some weird name, Ni- that, Nias or something? Uh, I can't that, remember, but no one's ever, no one has ever talked about that book on the show before, which is pretty cool. I don't know. Just just sort of came to mind when you asked me for a fantastic book. Yeah, I'll put a link to that, uh, as I do with all my guests, on Nathan's show notes page. And as you listeners know, there's a great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's well over 2,000 books listed there, all with quick links to buy. So this is a great book to add to your uh, spring and summer reading list. So I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive before I let you go today. This is how fun this is, Nathan. I'm like the ultimate uh, angel investor. I've got unlimited funds here. So you can purchase, I will purchase for you any car in the world. You can drive it anywhere in the world, take it on a great drive, that ultimate drive. And you can be with anybody either somebody living or someone from the past who's deceased. What does the ultimate drive look like for a techie guy like you? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the, with the Mustang Shelby GT350. I'm going to, I'm sticking with it. Um, I'm driving through middle America as boring as that sounds. I think there's so much to see and experience. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Route 66. You know, I think it, 
it'll be more common to say, you know, up and down the West Coast, up and down the East Coast. But yeah. I think middle America is super, super interesting. So much going on. So much change also going on in the middle of the country right now, yeah. you know, in the last 15 or 20 years. And to see that sort of evolution, the Rust Belt evolution, the, what's happening in the Midwest and so on would be just fascinating to experience from the highway perspective. Yeah. Who's sitting next to me? I'm going to say my oldest son, Mendy. Okay. Is is sitting next to me. I think it would be really cool to experience with it with him, really with any of my kids. If I could and there was room for them, I'd <laughs> yeah. throw them all. <laughs> yeah. I'd bring them all along. Yeah. But probably with him uh, would be a cool drive. You know, when I bought that Mustang I had, it it had these lap belts that look, they're actually belts out of, because they were the belts they put in the original um, Shelby's. Uh, they look like belts out of an airplane, and they were. They were these big latch belts. Um, and then there were no seat belts in the back. So I had two little kids at the time and wanted to take them on rides. Those rear seats fold down in those fastbacks. So yeah. I bought some very cool Shelby uh, seatbelts, put them in. And, um, so we could take the kids for a ride and they always liked that very much. But I'll tell you something, this is a ride you should do because I took my son when he was eight on a trip. I bought a, a Beck spider, which is a reproduction of the 550 spider that James Dean, uh, raced mm. and, and died in. I think he never even got to race it. He died before he raced in it. But, and we flew down to Long Beach, California and drove 1600 miles back up the coast in this little car. No top, no heater, no radio. And to this, to this day, my son Blake still talks about that trip. He'll never forgive me for selling that car because he thought it was going to be his one day, I think. I never said that to him, but that's what kids get in their heads, right? Uh, so yeah, you should do that trip with your son uh, in some kind yeah. of vehicle. Maybe it's not a GT350, but you know, you can rent Mustangs uh, and have some fun. Yeah. So yeah, you should do it because one thing I've learned with my kids being adults now, they sure grow up fast. That's for sure. So yeah, absolutely. And and since you, if I can just add, since you mentioned the trip that you did with your son, I have distinct memories of road trips with my dad and my siblings as well. My dad had a had a green and white Ford Bronco. Oh, uh, cool. in the seventies <laughs> and eighties. And by the way, that would probably be my second choice too. But I just re I just remember summer days in that Ford Bronco winter days in that Ford Bronco <laughs> with my dad and a, a glass iced coffee sitting next to him. And, yep. and and he drove that thing probably to a half a million miles. I wow. remember distinctly the front passenger seat of that car, the floor of the front passenger seat. We wore that vehicle down so much <laughs> that it the floor literally rusted and had holes in it. And we were still driving it till it died. Yeah, it's well, just a beautiful thing. And those uh, Broncos, boy, they are collector pieces now. They have really come back strong in the yeah. collector car market. So uh, I've had some guests on this show that restore those cars and even modernize uh, restorations of those cars. So uh, there's another one for you. Maybe not the best choice, though, for a cross-country drive. That'd be a little rough. Right. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful ride today. Roto, what a fascinating future of buying vehicles. Before I let you go... Would you share maybe some words of inspiration, a success quote or a mantra with us? Sure. From my perspective, entrepreneurship is probably one of the most difficult things you can choose as a career path in life. It's, 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 at the same time, though, it's incredibly rewarding. And I, I, if I can share that for, for young Americans who are thinking about what to do, and obviously there, there's, you know, we're blessed to be in a country where there's so much opportunity and 
you can do things that are so meaningful. You can go into medicine, you know, you can go into politics, you can education for sure. And, you know, you know, teaching, et cetera. And there's so, so many, so many unbelievable opportunities, but I would encourage young Americans to consider entrepreneurship and face the challenges of entrepreneurship, of making change, of, of really helping to move humanity in a way forward. And sometimes even the things that you think may be small or, you know, what am I really doing with my life? Am I really making a difference? You actually are. And even just the experience of, of, of experiencing it for, you know, for just working through it and facing challenges and overcoming things and creating sort of something from something as difficult as it may be and as challenging as it is, as you go through the process it's amazing. And when you come out on the other side, it's even more amazing. So I would encourage people to consider this, you know, as a path in life. Incredibly well said. And I believe that careers are also like the automotive industry in a renaissance. There are so many ways to do things. I'm a great example. If you had told me before I started this, I'd be a podcaster for the last eight years and interview over 2000 people. My answer would have said, or my question would have been, what's a podcast? Uh, <laughs> which I literally said when my son gave me the idea to do this. So the world's your oyster listeners. And uh, there's many options if you love vehicles to do it in this world, just like Nathan has. Rodo, R-O-D-O.com. That's how we can learn more about Rodo. Are there other ways that people can follow Rodo's steps forward? Sure. Uh, we're on social media, obviously. Just find us, R-O-D-O. Obviously, Rodo.com. Rodo on the App Store. Uh, Roto on LinkedIn. We're all over the place on the internet. We we would love for people to sign up. We'd love for you to transact on our websites, on our apps. You can now also sell your vehicle on Roto. You can get auto insurance on Roto. You can buy or lease your new or used vehicle on Roto. The marketplace is really expanding. Uh, we're operating in many states throughout the United States. And last but not least, most important, we welcome your feedback. We know that this is a challenging time especially for new and used cars in the U.S. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you'd like to see. If we're not available in your local market, let us know. Let your local car dealer know about us, that they should sign up and show their cars on Roto as well. Absolutely. Um, so reach out to us and we'll, uh, and we'll definitely connect. There you go, listeners. R-O-D-O, Roto.com. Check them out. You're going to have some fun there, just like I have. I want to do a thank you shout out to Isabel Aruni at Jill Schmidt BR. Uh, hey, ladies, you brought me another great guest here. Thank you very much. Nathan, thanks for being so generous today with your time and experience and uh, sharing a Roto with our listeners. Exciting new future. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road, maybe on Route 66 in a Shelby Mustang. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. This was fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.